my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brewers Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day today, as always. We've got a lot of articles ready for you today, a lot of news, a lot of updates, and wanted to remind you guys the Testo Plus formula is on sale right now for product of the week. You voted and it won. And yes, I got this email yesterday. I got a couple emails actually where people were asking me if women could also take this product. And yes, the nutrients in this product are safe for women. However, it's not normally geared for women. However, it can help out with natural testosterone levels in women if that is a range that you're looking for. That's something that you're trying to increase. You're looking at blood work and you're trying to naturally increase it. So yes, it can be taken safely. Again, the product was not geared for that originally. However, the nutrients and supplements that are in this and the raw ingredients that are in it are safe for women. So I want to answer that. I got like three emails yesterday. People were asking me about that because it's primarily a male supplement. But yes, females can take it. Again, it's geared primarily towards men, but it's also worth a shot if that's something you're trying to look at as far as naturally produce more testosterone you're looking at blood work. So I just want to give everybody a heads up on that. And it's on sale right now for over 10% off on the front page of the website. So be sure to check it out. And also, too, this is interesting, a Yale University study. This is going to – this, guys, this is going to wake you up more and more about this shot that's going on. A Yale, a Yale University study focused on people with self-reported symptoms after the COVID-19 vaccination, and they revealed the most common chronic symptoms that occurred after the shot. The new study shows some of the most common symptoms that people have been experiencing after the COVID-19 vaccine. The most common symptoms were exercise intolerance – excessive fatigue, numbness, brain fog, neuropathy. Researchers reported in the paper that also insomnia, tinnitus, headaches, burning sensation, and dizziness were also very common side effects with over half of the participants in the study. Now, it's interesting. The study focused on people who report a severe, debilitating chronic condition following the COVID-19 vaccination that began soon after the shot. And it persisted many people for a year or more, the researchers said. The study was led by Dr. Harlan Krumholz of the Department of Internal Medicine at the Yale School of Medicine. It was published on November 10th, and the preprint is ahead of the peer review right now. I'll post it on the website. You guys can look at it. It was interesting is it legitimately identifies major common symptoms that are occurring among people within 24 hours and later of getting their first and second shot back in 2022. Now, what's interesting about this is, is a lot of issues that have been linked to the vaccination have not been fully confirmed before now. And the design of the study was essentially to acknowledge the chronic symptoms that were being caused by the vaccines. And they alleged they could also be unrelated but of course could be completely, you know, totally random that the shot may not have caused these problems. However, when you start looking at hundreds of people that are having the exact same symptoms or similar symptoms after they get a shot, you got to kind of ask yourself the question. There's a potential relationship with this. And it goes on here in the study. There was 93% of the participants said they felt uneasy at least once after they got the injection, more than 8 out of 10 reported fearing fearful and 81% reported feeling overwhelmed by worries after they got the shot and essentially were stressed after it. This was the crazy part that was so frustrating to me that happened during COVID was we didn't have enough stuff going on, right? There, are, there already wasn't enough weird things happening in 2021 with 
the constant conflict with morons that wanted to yell about masks, with law enforcement in some cases acting completely and totally belligerent, with BLM and Antifa going around and burning down 140 plus cities in 2020, and all the other host of things that were occurring, you now had the federal government coming in and telling businesses that if they didn't forcibly mandate their employees to get an experimental shot, they were going to start fining these businesses tens of thousands of dollars per employee, which later on we saw turn into the push where these companies were literally telling people, if you don't get the shot, you're going to be terminated because of OSHA guidelines. And then later on, as we found out, and I told everybody it was going to happen, the whole OSHA mandate was completely and totally thrown out from the Supreme Court. It was unconstitutional. But yet there's still all that conflict that occurred, and that's kind of what the entire concept was happening with that and what it was all about was to see how far that they could push the agenda and of course how many people are going to go along with it but this study is very interesting as far and i'll let you guys read through it it's really long but it goes into detail of all these common side effects that people are experiencing after they got the shot and the thing about this was this isn't something that's new this isn't something that's even you know random this is something that's happening all across the board and so that's why again i've continually told people if this is something that you got involved in make sure you're taking the spike protein survival kit because that supplement stack with the n-acetylcysteine the vitamin e and the natokinase it's a really 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 good stack with those trio right there that helps out with maintaining healthy cardiovascular functioning and also too with detoxifying the body so i thought i would just get that out there first thing this morning and i'll post it here on the website and also too in other news this is you know i told you guys this is starting to occur and this is kind of a kind of a telltale sign of what's starting to happen all across the country when you start seeing chaos slowly start breeding to this extent there's another video that has now popped up of a fedex semi-truck in memphis tennessee at 8 30 p.m on saturday was ransacked while it sat in traffic at an intersection about 50 goons rolled up behind it with bolt cutters popped the back door on it opened it up and they essentially looted the entire FedEx semi-truck, the 53-foot tractor trailer while they were stuck in traffic. And they were just stealing everything. Every random box they could get a hold of, tens of thousands of dollars were stolen out of this semi-truck. And then they ran off. They just disappeared. Just, whoop, just nobody could find them after that. You saw the video the other day of the UPS driver that was driving, doing a delivery. Suddenly she's got a full, you know, armed conflict. With multiple people coming out of cars, pulling guns on her, doing a full-blown, you know, carjacking of her UPS truck. These are things that are starting to be a sign that there's a lot of issues that are occurring and that nobody's wanting to address them. On top of that, you got to remember, we're also bringing in or allowing millions of individuals now to come into this country that don't really care about the United States. They're not here to build a better life, so to speak. They're not here to come in and do the best they can to help expand the infrastructure of the United States. They're not here to come in and help support the financial sector and help contribute. A lot of these individuals are here for the sole purpose, and that's to loot the United States for anything they can get out of it because that's all they've done in their own country. You've got the FBI director now who's blatantly admitting that we have terrorist cells that have gotten into the southern border, and they don't know what to do about it. So just to get this straight, FBI – 
You've got terrorists that you know are coming to the southern border that you now are admitting. You guys can look this up on Breitbart. I'll post the link on the website. That you know are coming into the border. You know they're coming into this country. You know the only thing they have is ill intent for the United States. And you suddenly just can't figure out what to do about any of it. You know, I mean, what, what are we going to do about it? I don't know. Where, where are we going to go? I don't know. Where are we going to look at? I don't know. Hey, but you know, there's a grandma in Nebraska that was at January 6, 2021 in D.C. She had her camera phone out. Yeah, yeah, you won't believe it. She had her camera phone out, and we're going to go in and do a 30-man SWAT team raid on her and arrest her and drag her back to D.C. because she interfered with an election two years ago. Yeah, yeah, she, she's in Nebraska. Get the FBI team ready. We're going to do a SWAT on her. But we don't know where the terrorist cells are going in the United States as they're coming across the border illegally while it's wide open. This whole thing has turned into an absolute joke. The entire world is laughing at us. But at the same time, the entire world is also watching Rome burn. And a lot of people in the United States are too busy watching television and CNN and too focused on what Middle Eastern countries are doing that they can't even name on a map if they weren't labeled to even figure out what's actually happening right now. So, again, that's why it's so important. You support the people that are bringing this news to you and the truth that's coming out right now. Continue to push it. Continue to talk about it. Continue to be strong. Continue to be vocal. What do you think, Dad, about this this morning? Well, you know, Austin, uh, there's, there's all kinds of things we can talk about. But, you know, this whole thing with the border has just been a nightmare for the United States. And, of course, you know, like I said the other day, Kissinger has come across now and has said that the you know, bringing all the Muslims into Europe has been a horrible mistake for Europe. And he's the one who orchestrated it through the World Economic Forum and through the groups of people he worked with, including the Trilateral Commission, et cetera, et cetera, because Kissinger was a mass murderer back in the 60s and 70s with what he did. Now, one little thing, a little note sidebar here I want to tell you. You know, Kissinger was involved also with Roswell and has seen some things that he didn't really want to talk about. And after he had seen the things that he had seen with Roswell, you know, he ended up getting a divorce from his wife. You guys can do a little research on that. But uh, the Roswell stuff has really affected a lot of people a lot more than we know. When you finally realize that we're not alone in the universe, there's really other entities out there running around doing things to us, particularly human beings that they don't really they, they really don't like. It's pretty sobering. You know, you look what happened to Forrestal and all the rest of these people when they start talking about it and start telling the truth. You know, Colonel Corso, who wrote the book today after Roswell. He waited 50 years to publish that book after he had seen what he had seen because that was his statute of limitations as far as being a colonel, as far as writing stuff. 50 years. It's amazing he lived that long. So all of this stuff is out there for us to know that we're not alone in the universe. We're not alone on this planet. And that's why, again, we did Angel Wars because we want to make sure that everybody understood that. Uh, yesterday, it was interesting. I was talking to a former Mormon. As I said, I brought up the Mormon faith here the other day. I want to bring it up again. And she basically had left the Mormon faith. But because of her background, the teaching that she had received in the Mormon faith, she kind of got messed up from it. And because they don't believe that Jesus Christ is deity, they don't believe he, they believe he's a you know, brother of Lucifer. And, and so uh, it was weird because I was telling her, I said, you know, your version of what Christianity is being, what being having been a Mormon and the drill of Christianity is completely different. I said, you know, God sent himself in the form of Jesus in order to sanctify us so we can come back to God to prove to the entire universe who God was and what he was willing to do for the creatures that he created. That's why he did all of this stuff. You know, we talked about it in depth in Angel Wars. She had never heard any of that stuff. And I told her that the Mormon Church was steeped, you know, in you know, in the, you know, in, the, in basically the Masonic lodges. She agreed with all of that. But the problem that you have is that you know, when you get involved with these people, these cults, they can really mess you up. Especially if you get involved with them as a child and you start believing the stuff that they tell you. And once you start believing these things, it's hard to un, it's hard to erase this stuff. 
And it, it, was, it was an interesting conversation. But the, the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, unless we come back to Jesus, the son of the most high God, the same the exact image of God Almighty, Jesus who created the universe, according to the Bible, we did that and covered those verses in detail, in, you know, in angel wars. You know, it, you can't get fixed. It won't, it won't get fixed. And, and that's why God gave us freedom of will for those of us who wish to have it fixed to get it fixed. So it was an interesting conversation. By the way, the U.S. House buildings were locked down after pro-Palestinian protesters rushed to the DNC building. U.S. House buildings went into lockdown. The lawmakers were evacuated after pro-Palestinian protesters clashed with police officers at the Democratic National Committee headquarters. Hundreds of demonstrators reported blocked the main entrance of the building, and Capitol Police told congressional staff they were working to keep back approximately 150 people who were illegally and violently protesting, according to Axios. Significant demonstration activity, no entry or exit is permitted at this time. You may move throughout the buildings, the alert read. And, you know, it's interesting here. You see this happening, yet I don't see any arrest taking place. I don't see anybody getting locked up, you know, for the next three years and being charged with felonies and put in the prison for 20 years. But, yeah, that's what happened on January the 6th. It's just the, 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 the amount of lies and obfuscation that we get from our government is unbelievable. Now, this is another interesting article that came out. It says, not older than 10. Some atrocity committing terrorists for kids. Now, I'm going to stop here for a second, and I'm going to say I don't believe that this is true, but it could be true. I don't believe that it's going to be extreme like they're talking about in this. We're talking about what happened in Israel. It says the atrocities Hamas terror attack on the Israelis on October the 7th already have been well documented, which I don't believe that. He's babies. He's talking about a bunch of lies. I won't post this. But then he talks about how these people were basically less than 10 years old. Now, I'm going to stop for one second. Now, here's the deal. This person is obviously anti-Hamas, anti-Islam, pro-Jewish, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not even going to give him the credit of giving you his name. I'm just going to tell you this whole, this whole article is complete and total obfuscation. I can't believe other people have actually posted it. But here's the thing. The Hitler youth were trained, and they had children as young as 10 to go out and to fight the invaders coming into the country. That's a fact. They had little bitty kids that were out there fighting, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 years of age. And a lot of the GIs got really messed up when they shot these little children. And it got to the point that it was so bad that I have a friend of mine who was raised you know, in Germany after World War II because his parents were in the military. He's a pastor. And he told me that the, the, the people were told not to feed the little German children because they could be another Hitler to let them starve to death. Now, this is after the war. And he basically had blonde hair and blue eyes, so they thought he was a little German. He got unbelievably persecuted because they thought he was German and because he spoke German because he was there. And it was a mess, he said. In fact, he said that one day his mom, a German guy who was starving to death, broke into the house to try to get the food, and she ended up shooting him. And they quickly just took the body out. The police did, and no report was ever made because it turned into such a mess over there with people starving to death. And, and this is what I see happening all over the United States. And Austin's talking about it now as far as these different trucks being ransacked. Yeah, I remember the, there's a movie out. It was it was called um, uh, it was it was it was it was on the it was it was it was a thing about it was it was it'll come to me, the name it'll come to me in a second. The Jersey Boys. Now I don't recommend the movie. It's got some pretty good music in it, but got, the language is absolutely filthy. It's just filthy. So I mean, if you're gonna watch it, don't let your kids watch it. And it was and they saw that the, the semi trucks would come up and the mafia would come up and basically unload the trucks. And, give, and they give, would give the guy a handful of cash, and he'd walk away, the driver. And so a lot of this stuff I'm not saying is being done that way, but this kind of stuff's been happening for a long, long, long time. You know, Jim Rohn said something very succinct one time. He said, if I'm hungry and, he said, my family is starving, 
I will come and I will ask you for bread. If you don't give me any bread, I will come back and I won't beg you for bread. And then the final thing he says, you better watch your bread because he's going to take the bread. And as the United States descended deeper and deeper into this chaotic mess that we're going into as far as losing our, our status in the world and all the other things we're doing as they're coming into asset strip, the rest of what's left in the United States, more and more people are going to have problems with hunger and food. Just remember all that. And that's why I always personally, I try to help people that are homeless, et cetera. You know, if they come to me, I always try to give them a few dollars or five dollars or whatever. And I always make sure I watch my back because you don't want to get hit in the head, back of the head. All of this stuff I'm trying to keep, continue to do. Sometimes I'll buy them hamburgers. We had a guy that his name was Elijah. He's a big black guy. And he always sat in front of a restaurant over there on 7th Street in Ebor City called Acropolis. And he, I would walk over there sometimes and bring him a hamburger. And every once in a while, I would actually have a waiter take him a hamburger because I would buy it for him. And he was there for you know probably about a year, year and a half. And I, he brought, I brought him Bibles and I fed him on a regular basis. I gave him cash to help support him. But the reality is, is that you know we're going to have people that are going to be among us that are going to be poor. You know, the Bible says that Jesus said that the poor shall always be among you. And we talked about that in depth yesterday as to why that is. Yesterday was a really good show. You guys need to listen to it again if you haven't heard it yet. So, all, so I, won't, I won't reiterate the show. But the thing about it is, is that, you know, when I read stuff about 10-year-olds basically doing this, you know, to Israel, number one is they were allowed to come across the border if there was a 10-year-old involved. Of course, this guy's lying about the beheading and all that stuff. He's repeating the lies and all this stuff here also. Again, so and I know that his entire article is obfuscation. But the part that I want to say is this. These children have been shot for sport now for decades from Israeli, you know, Israeli military forces through the militarized zone just to shoot them and blow their legs off just for sport. And they laugh about it. And they joke about it because they don't see them as human beings. They see them just as something to be shot and killed as far as to be whatever. And to be, so if a child has a brother who's had his leg blown off or an arm blown off. Can you imagine the hatred that child has now towards the Israeli military? And would that child be willing at that point to you know, strap on a vest or grab a gun and run over? Because a 10-year-old could squeeze an AR-15 or AK-47 just as easy as an adult can. Would he be willing to do that to try to get some vengeance back if he was taught that that needs to be done that way? Because remember, you know, Abrahamic law is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Always remember that. It's the Old Testament. The Muslims have that same mantra. You know, so do the uh, so do the uh, Kabbalist Luciferian synagogue of Satan people. They're not operating under the new covenant with Jesus, where they Jesus tells them we're to love one another. They'll they'll know that they'll, they will know that you're my disciples because you love one another. They don't operate like that. You know, I try to be as nice as I possibly can to everybody. Now, sometimes I'm not nice because sometimes I get done very 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 wrong, and I'll say something back or whatever. Now, the only exception to that is if somebody messes with you know my family. If somebody messes with my family, I'm not nice at all. You know, if somebody says something off color, I'm not nice. I remember uh, one time this, these two, apparently they were, I'm just, just going to tell the truth here. I'm just telling you, with a couple of lesbians, we were parking at Whole Foods in Tampa. And we basically, uh, we're in a spot, spot, we were in the pickup truck. And Sharon was with me. And she opened the door to get out. And she took a second to get her purse picked up and all that. And these two lesbians were waiting for her to close the door to pull into the spot beside us. Now, Sharon hadn't noticed they were there. And boy, they get out. And they start screaming and yelling. These are these are Butch Dyke lesbians. They start screaming and yelling and cussing at Sharon, threatening her. Well, I got involved in that. And I explained to them that their attitude wasn't going to work for me in a really, really kind of a rough way. But I, I did it anyhow. I don't like that. That I, I trigger when people mess with my family. I really do. And so, you know, other than that, I try to be really, really nice. Now you say, well, you shouldn't trigger like that. Okay, well, maybe you shouldn't trigger like that. But somebody says something to my family, they threaten to beat up my wife. Uh, it's going to trigger me. So that's just how that works for me. If you don't feel that you need to do that as an alpha male, 
I need to take you to alpha male training class. Yeah, if that offended you, okay, fine. You, you need to be offended then because you can't sit there and be milk toast when someone's aggressively threatening to beat up someone that you love. Just thought I'd mention that. And ladies, I should be hearing a very giant round of applause from you right now because that's the truth. If you're not willing to die for your wife or your loved one or your children or your grandchildren, you need to really reconsider whether you're a true alpha male or not because there's not very many of us left. And so just think about that and ask God to give you the strength and the intestinal fortitude to stand up for what's right. Very, very important. Of course, I know this show has pretty much all alpha males listening anyhow, so I'm not really worried about that. But should a 10-year-old basically go in and grab a gun and start shooting people that were shooting at their family? Yeah, you guys call that out. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I got a feeling that you know, there, there are tens of thousands of Christians that are probably going to be killed in Gaza too, but the Christian churches aren't saying anything about that. And this thing in Gaza has just turned into a giant genocidal affair is all it is. So all this stuff happens over and over and over again. Now, what's happening in Ukraine? Ukraine's probably done. Ukraine's, you know, Russia's probably going to go ahead and have Ukraine now. So I think that's pretty good as far as whatever's going to happen with over there. So we, that could stop and all the weapons stuff could stop. By the way, Nikki Haley, who I can't stand, wants social media users to verify identity with government. Wow. See, she goes basically every person on social media should be verified by their name because of national security. Yeah, why don't you just go crawl into a hole somewhere? Oh, I can't stand this one. Nikki Haley is a dangerous person who's pro-establishment and anti-American. Haley is eager for war with all of America's adversaries simultaneously. This top neocon would also like to place harsh restrictions on Americans, including our freedom of speech. Her most recent brain-dead idea states that all social media users should verify their identification. Quote, when I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing and who they're pushing and what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name, Haley demanded. As with all laws shrouded in removing liberties, Haley claims it's a matter of national security. Social media platforms remain one of the last places that people can effectively share idea and express their First Amendment rights. You know, I, I don't even – I don't even know what to say about people like this. They're crazy. Her GOP rivals like DeSantis have attacked her plans. You know who were anonymous writers back in the day? Alexander Hamilton, John Jay, James Madison, when they wrote the Federalist Papers. They were not national security threats, nor are any many or many conservative Americans across our country who exercise their constitutional rights to voice their opinions without fear of being harassed or canceled by the school they go to or the company they work for, DeSantis wrote. And I have to agree with the stats on this. What do you think about that, Austin? What do you think about this idiot, Nikki Haley, saying that everybody should be exposed as far as who they are on the Internet? Well, she's a mouthpiece for the World Economic Forum. I really dislike her a lot. She tries to play like she's a Republican. This is a textbook play that the World Economic Forum has discussed for years now. They want to come in and basically force everybody to have essentially an Internet login ID so that everything can be monitored at all times. There is no anonymous behavior online that everything you do, every search you do, every keystroke you make, every single thing you do is going to be logged in under a digital ID system with your name on it, meaning you will be responsible for anything and everything that happens under your name. So if you search something that they don't like, they're going to flag you. If you say something you don't like, they're going to flag you. If you go on a social media platform site and make a comment that is hate speech, which by the way, that is pretty much the most erroneous term now. It seems like everything is hate speech now. I saw an article the other day talking about how this professor was pitching a fit because they said, I cannot believe how many pro-Hamas terrorist supporters we have at our college. And I thought to myself, I said, pro-Hamas terrorist supporters? Really? That's because people are opposed 
to this conflict that Israel's having with Palestine, they're suddenly a pro-Hamas terrorist individual? Why is it that anything you say, anything you do that does not go along with the mainstream media makes you an automatic terrorist? Well, again, this goes right back to what they want to do with the digital ID on the internet. They want to be able to identify anyone that speaks against the narrative so they can shut it down immediately. This is going to tie also into the entire aspect of your home with the Internet of Things, being able to have the thermostat and every other facet of your house functioning under their dictatorship. This also will tie back into the electric world, <clears throat> excuse me, in the EV world that they're starting to push. And they want everybody to just go along with. And the problem is the market is not bearing EV. You know, I was at the Ford dealership the other day. I went down there to go look at a truck they had in, and they had a lot was loaded with F-150 Lightnings. It was loaded. I mean, they, they had them all over the place. And I said, what are you guys doing with all these trucks? My rep goes, dude, we can't sell them. I said, obviously. I said, the Super Duties are showing up. They're 12 months behind on ordering, and I said, they're already pre-sold. You don't even have one single Super Duty on the lot. He said, no, they're all pre-sold. Everybody buys them as soon as they come in, all the diesel trucks. I said, well, what's some of these EV trucks? He goes, dude, nobody wants them. He goes, we got like $10,000 manufacturer rebates on these things. We're discounting them below MSRP and all this other stuff, and nobody wants them. I said, well, it's because they're useless sack of garbage. They're like a fancy golf cart. I said, that's cool, you know, for ten grand. <laughs> Not cool for 80000 And he goes, yeah, I know. You're telling me. And he goes, we've had so many issues with them. He goes, they're constant electrical problems, constantly in the shop, constantly backordered on parts. And I said <clears> – <throat> Why in the world is the push happening for these manufacturers? And he goes, be honest with you, bro. He said, I don't know. He goes, nothing makes sense about this from a business standpoint. He goes, any manufacturer, any company is designed to essentially make sales with the product they're producing, correct? You have a vehicle manufacturer. Their job essentially is to sell cars. That is their main job on the base premise. He goes – they're not doing that. They're producing something that nobody wants. And I talked to him a little bit about what's going on with the EV world and the World Economic Forum and what they want to do, the charging stations. And he goes, I believe it. He goes, I continually are hearing feedback from people that are having charging problems. They go to plug it in. It won't charge. They're getting partial charge-ups. And he goes, I can't imagine what would happen if somebody actually stepped in and tried to control this and basically monitor it and dictate what you could and couldn't do. He goes, it's already a fiasco as it is right now with an open platform. And he goes, the infrastructure is in there. He said, down in Bartow, he said, there's only like three places that have a single charging station in Bartow as far as down there, like Walmart and like one other place. And he goes, there's no place to charge these. He goes, this rural area that we're in right now doesn't make any sense for this. And I said, it does. If you want to make sure that everybody is completely controlled all the time and they're not able to travel freely, unmolested on their way, and everything they do is essentially monitored. And he goes, well, that makes sense. That's exactly what we're seeing right now, and that's why I've been so proud of everyone. And we talked about it off the show. There's other shows that are talking about it. It's voting for you with your dollar. That is one of the biggest, strongest, most effective things you can do, and I've watched it for years. Vote with your dollar. If a company is diametrically opposed to your views, they're diametrically opposed to your beliefs. They're telling you not to support them if you support things like Starbucks. The CEO says, if you're pro-Second Amendment, if you want to open carry legally, if you're pro-gun, we don't want your business. Take it somewhere else. Okay. You don't have to tell me twice. I'm, I've never been a Starbucks person, period. You will ensure that I never go to Starbucks now. Okay. That's, that's what you want to say. That's what you want to do. I'm totally cool with that. 
But best believe that Americans need to get some resolve and stop throwing cash at companies that are opposed to what they actually believe and vote and say, no, this is what we want. This is not what we want. This is what you need to produce. I saw an article the other day. I was talking about this new Marvels movie, just complete flop, The Marvels. It's all female cast line of Marvels. And I'm nothing wrong with female cast line, but the movie's a total flop. It's total feminist propaganda. I was reading some stuff on it, watched a couple clips on it. The movie's a joke. I mean, how Marvel went from what they were to this now is embarrassing. They're saying the budget on this film is like $280 million. It's only done like $40 million now in the last week. I mean, it's a total flop. Nobody's going to see it. It's because Hollywood is too busy trying to promote their wokeness and trying to promote all their propaganda that people are voting with their dollar. They're no longer going to see these crap films that nobody wants because it's not something that the public and the audience wants to see. And so it's so crucial. As I say it all the time and I say it again, it's so important to make sure you're supporting companies that actually support you and are actually getting the truth out there. And that's why, again, I thank you for supporting Health Masters and continually getting the show out there, for forwarding the show, for forwarding the links, and continually waking people up because the feedback that I'm getting, the emails that I'm getting – all the stuff that I'm getting from people and talking to them, it's definitely making a difference because I'm getting a lot of positive stuff back on a regular basis. Also, to other news, health story. This is for men as well, primarily for men and, again, women. But this is something that's so important. I've told you guys before, try to keep your phone off. I know dad's got one of those cases that basically blocks the EMF exposure, and it's really important. You do your best to keep your phone off your person. They said mean sperm counts in men around the world has dropped over 51% over the last few decades. Total sperm counts are down 62% and decline is accelerating. They said the environmental factor that could be playing a significant role is electromagnetic field exposure from wireless technologies, also known as EMR. Recent research found that men who use their cell phone more than 20 times a day had significantly lower sperm concentration and sperm counts than those who only use them once a week or less placing them at 30% increase for having a sperm concentration below the reference value for fertile men. Wi-Fi-equipped laptop computers have been linked also to decreased sperm motility and an increase in sperm DNA fragmentation after just four hours of use. And this is what happens a lot of times when guys use Wi-Fi laptops and they put them in their lap. You see a lot of times where guys are sitting in bed, they're sitting there. You got to think about it, guys. That computer all that EMF radiation, all that exposure, it's sitting right on top of you. I mean, it's got direct contact to you for hours on end. That's why it's really important if you're using a laptop, if you're using an iPad, try to keep it at least two feet off your body. That's general reference range. Now, it does, that is not going to stop the EMF radiation exposure, period. However, it massively limits it. They've done studies where they show the concentration of EMF radiation. When it's right next to the body, the concentration is insane how high it is, and every foot that it establishes a distance, a gap away from you, it drops off precipitously. And so it continually gets further and further, the healthier it is, I guess you could say, or the least toxic it is, less toxic it is for you. And so that's why it's really important you think about that. And the same thing goes for females with the ovaries because a lot of times you see women that constantly put their cell phone in the back pocket. It's right on top of their ovaries. They put it in their front pocket. Always, if you can, if you're a female, try to keep your phone in your purse. Same thing with guys a lot of times. If it's on, I mean, anytime I'm in my vehicle, anytime I'm driving, anytime I'm doing anything, I always try to keep that thing away from me, off me on a regular basis because these phones, as beneficial as they are, as convenient as they are, as much as they help with certain things and business and lifestyle, 
They are very, very toxic, and they're becoming incredibly difficult as far as to mitigate on a regular basis as far as mitigating the toxicity effects that we're seeing from them. On top of that as well, the children, it's really important for kids to stay away from the stuff. This is why I've told you. My kids don't have iPads and phones to play with. There's no reason for them whatsoever to be playing with those items at all, period. Unless there's a specific school content or something they're doing, I try to do everything hand on paper. And what's interesting, this is a letter that was written the other day on social media. I looked it up. The teacher is a legitimate teacher. This is, I'm going to read it to you real quick. This is interesting. They said, I share this story as a wake-up call for grandparents, parents, and guardians. It's tragic to me that a large percentage of today's youth – basically are having serious social issues. Yesterday, I shut down class about five minutes early and told my students I want, to just, I want them to just sit there and talk to one another. This was in a, uh, basically a middle school or a high school. Excuse me. Several of them immediately opened their laptops and began navigating to their favorite computer game. I said, no, no laptops. I want you to have face-to-face conversations right now. After a collective groan, I observed something both wonderful and alarming. For the next few minutes, a couple of tables came alive with conversation. They looked at each other in the eyes, talked with great enthusiasm and interest. It was beautiful to watch and listen. However, significant portion of students were deflated. They did not know what to do without some sort of entertainment from a device on their person. A couple of them after put their heads down and avoided eye contact with anyone. I went around the room to those students and tried to engage them. Some of them mustered a few words. Most of them didn't know what to do. And I'm sharing this because I want everybody to understand what's happening to today's youth and to have a real conversation. But it's not their fault. It's our responsibility as adults to lead by example and hold our kids accountable. Unplug every day. Talk and listen to your children. Getting lost in a device does not help them cope with or overcome the things they're going through mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. All it causes is isolation and depression. They need relationships. They need you. Act accordingly. And I thought that was well said because I've watched this happen now where I've gone to dinner with friends and family. And, you know, somebody will have, like, kids with them. And the kids come out, and they're at the table, and they immediately get an iPhone or they get an iPad plugged right in front of them. I'm talking a year and a half, two, three years old. And they sit through the whole time in a vegetative state staring at this iPad. And then I watched it one time when the iPad actually died. This was a couple years back, and it was kind of funny, but it was really disturbing after when I thought about it. This kid was basically at dinner, and the iPad died. Died with black. Oh, my gosh. You you'd have thought we were having a meteor strike. I mean, it it just it was chaotic. All of a sudden, the kids screaming, the kids yelling, the kids crying. The kid didn't know what to do. It literally, this child literally had a full blown meltdown because the iPad died. It did not know what to do. That, my friends, is a lousy, lousy parent to allow it to get to that level. And I'm not picking on anybody right now. I'm not trying to step on any toes, but I'm going to be serious about that. If you're allowing your child to become so addictive to digital devices that they have a full-blown meltdown if they don't have the ability to use it right when they want to use it, you really need to check your parenting skills and look at what you're doing. I mean that sincerely because this generation right now is going to be one of the loneliest, most depressed, most mentally disturbed generations we've ever watched. Not just because of the perversion they're being exposed to. That's a huge factor on it. But because most of these kids have no idea how to interact with other children in some cases because all they do is live on digital devices and their parents don't do anything about it. So I want to get that out there and share the story and just encourage you guys. It's not too late. You can always make changes. Today is today. Tomorrow is tomorrow. And you always have the option to make changes, progress, and do something right now. I remember a friend of mine years ago. They were asking about losing weight, about getting lean, leaning up, wanting to lean up. 
And I said, okay. I said, when do you want to start? Ah, uh, well, you know, I think I'm going to start getting ready to lean up probably about the end of next month. And I said, what? Is, is that a specific date you're trying to set to start leaning up? He said, well, no, I, I think I'll be ready by then. I said, you'll be ready to start eating clean in a month from now? Is that what you're trying to tell me? He goes, well, you know, I got to get ready for it. I said, why? You got to get mentally prepared to stop eating junk food? I said, you're going to detox off sugar, sure. I said, but why are you waiting till next month? I said, why don't you start today? Why don't you stop eating that cookie? Stop eating that five gallons of ranch on your salad. Stop eating those eight pieces of pizza. Just stop right now. Make a change today. Make a difference today. If it's something you want to do. Now, if it's not what you want to do and you don't care and you want to be morally obese, it's fine. If you feel horrible, you have no mental acuity, you got brain fog, you don't know what to do with yourself, and you're trying to figure out how to function, wouldn't it make sense to change some things you're doing, to listen to some people that actually know what they're talking about, that's got a track record for making things happen positively? Just my two cents on that. If it is to be, it's up to you. When it comes to these children, it's up to us when we raise them, to raise them correctly, to raise them healthy, and raise them biblically. That's my take on it, Dad. What do you think? Uh, you know, Austin, uh, I've seen the same thing. You know, it's like I'm going to pick on some toes again. Uh, a few years ago, we Sharon and I had this friend, and, and she had a 10-year-old child, little boy, and you know, she was divorced. In fact, she had never been married to the child's father, and she ended up having to get a restraining order on the father, and she was allowing the little boy who was 10 years old to sleep in the bed with her. And, you know, I'm not saying when a kid's little, little baby or whatever, they sleep in the bed. That's no big deal. Just be, gotta be careful when they don't roll over on top of them. But, you know, when a child starts getting close to puberty and they start getting older, you know, it's one of those things that you've got to start teaching that child how to basically sleep in their own room. Now, here's how Sharon and I did it. We were always excited when the four kids, including Austin, got to the point where they would sleep through the night. And once they would sleep through the night, you know, we would move the bassinet, usually around six months, into their own room. And then they would be in that room from that point on as their own little room. And they were out of our bedroom. And it just worked better that way. And from that point on, we didn't have to deal with them being in the room with us and crying and whatever. And they may cry for the first couple of nights when they went back in the room with you for a few hours and fall asleep anyhow. But a lot of parents have a difficult time doing even that simple task of getting a child out of the room. And then you end up with a 10-year-old sleeping in a bed with the mother. And that just gets to the point of weird. All right, so I'm not going to go any further than that, but it just gets weird. It's sending all kinds of really mixed signals to a young boy that's about to go into puberty. So don't fussing me for saying this, but it's just the truth. You don't need to be doing that. So I just need to say this, that Austin is right. When you train a child to be on an iPad, where if the power goes out to the iPad or the battery goes dead, they go into a full hysterical meltdown. There's a problem with that. There's a serious problem with that, and it needs to be addressed. The problem is, again, as Austin was mentioning, these parents are not necessarily good parents all the time, or they don't understand that they are doing this to this child, whereas when they get into the school system and the iPad goes dead or they actually have to have a conversation with the children, they can't effectively communicate. I remember I told you the story. I was up in Valdosta, and I'd gotten a hotel room at a local Marriott property up there, and it had mold in it. It was bad. I got an unbelievably bad headache, and they had to change the rooms like three times in order to get me a room that was okay. And I remember, you know, I called the guy back who was, you know, the general manager, and I said, I asked him to have my points reinstated in my account because I still had a headache the following day. It was an absolutely horrible experience for me, and he wouldn't do it, and I couldn't believe it. And then he got really, really aggressive with me, and I, I didn't I – wasn't, I wasn't nice back, and I said to him, I said, you know, I said, this is ridiculous, but you're acting like this. And he goes, why are you getting aggressive with me? And I said, whoa, 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 I'm not getting aggressive with anybody. But I addressed a problem that he had 
at his hotel. I addressed the problem with his attitude at the hotel. And because I addressed it and he had to deal with it, he came unglued at the seams. So finally, I just hung up on him. I had enough. I said, look, I'm not going to talk about this. I hung up. So I called up you know, Marriott, and I told him what had happened. They immediately issued full credit for all my points. But the point was this, and it pun on words. The reason I brought that up is that this is what happens with a child who is raised in social media, doesn't have the ability to work with people on an ongoing basis. That child was probably – just pushed ahead because he knew somebody or whatever as far as being a general manager of that hotel. And when I went to one of the other Marriott properties in Valdosta, and I mentioned to them what had happened to the other hotel, they knew the guy who was the manager, and they told me they had gotten rid of him. They couldn't stand him. Nobody could handle him, and he couldn't get along with anybody. But how in the world was he in a management position? Oh, we, that's right. We did talk about that, didn't we? Affirmative action probably. Just you know, mentioning that. And I don't know what race he was. I never saw him. But, but how in the world did he get into a position like that, being a moron like that? I don't know. You guys can figure that one out yourself. By the way, Bethlehem has canceled Christmas. Hamas martyrs are being ordered instead. Because remember, Bethlehem's on, you know, in Gaza. The West Bank city of Bethlehem has stripped all decorations celebrating Christmas from the place revered as the birthplace of Jesus Christ. Well, they can pretty much guarantee there are no tourists coming there this year anyhow. Bethlehem municipality crews announced the dismantling of Christmas decorations installed several years ago in the city's neighborhoods, removing all festive appearances in honor of the martyrs and in solidarity with our people in Gaza, the municipality wrote on Facebook. Uh, unbelievable. The Daily Telegraph reports a spokesperson has declared the reason is the general situation in Palestine. People are not only are not really into any celebration. They are sad, angry and upset. Our people in Gaza are being massacred and killed in cold blood. Therefore, it's not appropriate at all to have such festivities while there's a massacre happening in Gaza and attacks on the West Bank. This year, the situation in Bethlehem is un- unprecedented, and the mood and vibes are extremely sad. And that is exactly what the world should see and realize that these are not normal circumstances. Bethlehem should send out its own message of condolence and mourning. Now, I'm going to stop reading this here. You know, we have no idea how many Christians are in these areas that are being slaughtered. And, and that's sad to me because I mentioned that briefly here in my first segment. But it's just, it's just nuts that this is actually happening. And by the way, the Ukraine is now going to mark military fuel to curb theft. I guess they're going to start putting red dye in it. I don't know. Gasoline and petrol supply to the Ukrainian army will be marked with dyes. Yep, I was right. In the hope that less fuel will be stolen and sold on the black market. Uh, good luck with all that. You know, I know red dye diesel is sold here in the United States for off-road use only at some gas stations. And a lot of people run it, especially if they're not running commercial vehicles, which is illegal. I will, I will add that. But, you know, it takes a lot of the highway taxes back off the fuel. According to the report, fuel suppliers of the armed forces will now paint gasoline red and petrol green. The Ministry of Defense is planning to organize the delivery of the market fuel as early as next week. I wonder how they're going to paint the Tomahawk missiles and all the other things that they're losing over there, Austin, as far as preventing them from being used somewhere else. I mean, this is insane. They're worried about the gasoline, but yet all the weapons are being pushed everywhere, pushed everywhere, pushed everywhere. By the way, Candace Owens, who I do like, by the way, uh, hits back after Ben Shapiro calls Israel comments disgraceful, suggests that she quit the Daily Wire. Uh, Conservative influencer Candace Owens appeared on Tucker Carlson's show on Wednesday where she responded to attacks on Daily Wire co-founder Ben Shapiro, her her boss. Shapiro was caught on a viral clip calling Owens disgraceful for her commentary on Israel because she disagreed with Shapiro after she tweeted November 3rd that no government anywhere has a right to commit a genocide ever, referring to Israel's response to the October 7th Hamas terrorist attack. There is no justification for genocide. 
I can't believe this evening to be said or even considered, at least be controversial, she continued. Later that day, Owens doubled down on her statements in two tweets, responding to Jewish conservative David Rubin. Fast forward two weeks, and Shapiro was filmed talking to a group of people regarding Owens' statements. I think her behavior during this has been disgraceful, without a doubt, he said. I think that her false, her, 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 her false sophistication on these particular issues has been ridiculous. Uh, first of all, I really, really, really dislike Ben Shapiro. Uh, I just, I'm not even going to get into detail with him. I think the guy is a little female beta male who hides behind the security guards who all carry their guns. And uh, I can't stand him. And I can't him. Uh, that's exactly what he is. And I, he is. to me, it, it's sickening to me. What, what do you think, Austin? Tell, go ahead. Tell, tell me what you think about this. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard this from multiple sources now that they basically used him as a uh, undercover Mossad agent, same way the CIA uses operators with CNN. Um, we've seen this numerous times now. A lot of the stuff he comes out with, he tries to play both sides of the narrative where he tries to act conservative and then he puts his spin on it. I've watched this happen numerous times on stuff where I've watched it. And I, I'm like full agreement with what he's saying for like five, six minutes. I'm like, okay, this guy's nailed it. And then he puts his little spin on the backside of it, either real pro Israel or real pro police state or real pro something. And I've heard from numerous sources that he's basically Mossad. And that's why he's in the position. That's why he has millions and millions of followers now. That's why the algorithms push to him on everything on social media. That's why he's blown up the way he has. That's why anytime you say anything about Israel or anything that's going on and you question the narrative, he tries to rebuke everybody. Now, he's very educated. He's very sharp. I'm not going to discount that fact. He's, he's a smart guy. But he's definitely there to have that 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 conflict but bring in partial truth like you've seen now with so many other alternative media sites and alternative media hosts that basically come in and they give you 80% truth and then they put their narrative spin on it in order to direct you in the direction that they want you to go on the narrative. you got to understand, 99% of what we're dealing with right now is psychological warfare. It really is. The entire old hot warfare, you know, World War II trench warfare, that's old school, man. That's unnecessary. That's what this whole thing in Ukraine and Russia, it's all theater. The, the battlefield isn't fought like that anymore. It's fought like that for theater. It's fought like that to make sure young men die and their bloodlines extinguished. It's fought like that still, yes. But is that how real wars fought anymore? No. It's all warfare psychologically. It's designed to control the hearts and minds of the population because you can do way more, way more to a population by perverting and controlling their mindset and directing them in the direction you want than having a full-blown all just full-blown war and knocking out all infrastructure and knocking out all civilians and knocking out all individuals that are there. There's much more efficient ways to do it. It's just they like war still to knock out the alpha males and the bloodline of these men that essentially are slowly been decreasing. You've watched now from World War One to World War Two to Vietnam, the Gulf War, and Iraq, the whole nasty shebang that we watched for 20 years with Iraq and Afghanistan and everything else in between. They take the best, they take the strongest, they take the most aggressive males in society, and they send them and they kill them and they shed their blood. That's what they've done now, and it's sad. Because anybody you talk to that's real operators, the real warfare fighters, most of them are so frustrated now over the years for what they've seen and how things have been handled and how just the loss of life for no reason whatsoever has been taken so flippantly, especially with the technology that we have now with space-based weapon systems and all types of other weapon platforms, yet we're still using ground warfare tactics. 
it doesn't make any sense other than you want to knock out that younger generation. That's why I've said before, the entire concept of having a full-blown nuclear exchange with all these countries, and Dad said the same thing. And I've talked to other guys that have been in the industry, contract industry, and military. They said the same thing. We're not going to have some full-blown nuclear exchange where everybody's throwing 30, 40, 50 nuclear warheads between countries and everything's just a total wasteland. There's no useful purpose to that because you don't have the ability to control the psychological impact of the population anymore once the internet, once the 5G, once the television, once the phones, once all that is knocked out. There's no way to control the population anymore. You go back, you set everything back 100 years. People will actually have to figure out how to function properly. Now, will they use a false flag again like they've done numerous times? Tell us we got a dirty bomb in a city or nuke a certain city or wipe out a certain city or tell us certain things are happening. We have radiation fallout and use some other type of effect that's happening. Very well possible, highly likely that they will do something like that. That's why the FBI is already getting people geared up an acceptance of terrorists being brought into the United States. The FBI is blatantly talking about it now, that they know we're bringing in terrorists through the southern border. They're, they're almost bragging about it. Yeah, like I said, they're too busy doing a full-blown 30-man SWAT hit team on an 80-year-old grandma in Nebraska because she had her camera phone out on January 6th. But yet they suddenly can't find all these guys that are coming into the country. It's total hogwash. It's because they want to get everybody geared up to the idea that we're going to have a domestic false flag again from terrorist entities that are directly related to the Middle East conflict. They're getting ready. I'm telling you, that's what they're going to do next. That's why they set things up like they do. When you start looking at the false flag narratives that we've seen all the way from Las Vegas, all the way from the different school shootings and other instances that have occurred, Las Vegas was one of the most sketchiest, craziest false flags we've ever witnessed all the way to the helicopters basically being on the the uh the the night the, the night sheet as far as what was going on that night basically everybody's saying that they heard uh, 240 bravo machine guns they were shooting that nothing sounded like a bump fire stock that no windows were broken in the mandalay bay when swat raided the room everything with that whole entire incident was theater and it was designed to control the narrative for a whole host of other things. And me and Doug Hagman have talked about it in detail, and he knows a lot about that over there. So you got to think about it. If you're dealing with an entity that's willing to go to that far extreme to push a narrative, you're dealing with groups of individuals that are literally willing to try to roll out a virus that they brewed up in a lab in order to get people infected so they'll accept an RNA gene therapy bioweapon shot, and they're willing to go to that extent – what do you think they're going to stop at as far as pushing their narrative? And the answer is they don't. The only thing they push back against is when we push back and they realize, okay, this isn't working. That's why I've told you so many times before. When something happens and they push a certain narrative, you've got to be vocal. That's why the social media algorithms are so important. The podcast, the shows, the alt media, talking about it and getting stuff out there and calling out what's happening is absolutely vital. The perfect example is what we saw in Albuquerque with that out-of-control, insane nightmare of a governor. And she came out and said, I'm issuing an emergency health order that nobody's allowed to carry a firearm, period, concealed or unconcealed in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and a host of other places. It made no sense what she did. No, Nobody could even understand it. And then what do you have? Two, three hundred patriots showed up at town hall, the center of the city, armed, fully armed full slung, 
M4s, shotguns, right out in public openings. They legally could do so. Law enforcement did nothing. They stood there and stood back and said, yes, we fully support their decision to do this because this mayor is out of control. People have to realize that somebody has to take the lead and start talking on certain topics. Somebody has to make the I guess you could say uncomfortable decision to be vocal about what's happening. Somebody has to take a step forward and say, okay, I'm not going to wear the mask in front of everybody. I'm not going to put it on to walk to my seat. This is the stupidest thing I've ever witnessed in my life. Somebody has to say it. So if it is to be, it's up to me. That's got to ask yourself the question. I've told you guys a story before when I talked to a car dealer over in Orlando. And I went up, it was right in the middle of during COVID. And the front desk lady, I came in, she goes, do you want to wear a, do you need a mask? I said, I'm not wearing a mask. She goes, well, I have a box of masks here. I said, no, thank you, I'm not wearing a mask. And he came down the escalator and I saw him, he wasn't wearing a mask. One of the only salesmen in the whole dealership not wearing a mask. And I shook his hand, I said, hey, good to meet you, good to talk to you. And I said, well, so what's going on? We talked about it. He goes, you know what? He goes, I walked around Publix for months with a mask on because everybody told me that I needed to wear a mask. And it was when I would see somebody come in see big old bodybuilder walk in or another guy walking in. They're walking tall, shoulders back, face you know, clear, no mask on. And he goes, I want to be like that. I don't want to wear a mask. Why am I wearing a mask? And he goes, and I took my mask off. And some of the other people saw me later on throughout the weeks, and they took their mask off. And he goes, leading by example made a huge role when seeing that. And I said, that's exactly right. I said, when people realize that the only thing evil needs to prevail is for good men to do nothing. You got to take a step back and say, why am I going along with this? Why am I submitting to this? And is it okay with me? And that's the question people have to ask right now on a whole host of different topics, especially when it comes to the children. There's a war on for the children right now. It's not a joke. It's not an accident. It's not theater. It's very, very real. This is one of the most directed affronts we've ever witnessed in civilized society where we have an entire mob of media that's directly going after children, an entire medical establishment sector now with this transgender surgery that's going after children, directly butchering them, and they're saying it's okay all in the normality of science because, well, it's the right thing to do right now. It's not the right thing to do. You can't go quietly. You've got to address it. What do you think, Deb? You know, often the same thing happened to us. I remember we told a story before on the show. You know, when we were when you when you broke your hand, we were at the hospital. We had to get a cast put on your hand, and we refused to put the mask on. They put us in the hallway like we were like a bunch of peasants, and uh, of course we were pretty vocal peasants. <laughs> Give us that! And finally, the general manager from that department came running over to us just to get us out of the hallway. They walked us through first, and we got out of there quick. But we just didn't do it. We said, "No, we're not going to do it." And I, I told the woman because they'd taken your soft cast off, and I looked at the manager. I said, "Do you realize the liability exposure you have? You've taken the soft cast off my hand, my son's broken hand, and now you've got us in the hallway with people walking about with carts and stretchers. This is dangerous." And she goes, "Yeah, I realize that. We're going to take care of this right now." And she was really good. She walked us through it. But that friend of yours was right. Once you decide that you're going to take that stand and you're not going to be compliant, other people will follow. I had multiple Jezebels. It was always women. I hate to say that, but it was. It's Greenwise that started it on me about not having a mask on. And I always, I always explained to them that I had the right to do whatever I wanted to do. They could cover up and suffocate themselves if they wanted to. But the reality is we've got to be willing to take that stand, especially for Jesus. Last night I was going through the line at Publix. I got some organic eggs. And the lady started talking about – we started talking about concealed weapons and the Second Amendment all that. Another guy on the line. And she goes, well, I have my heavenly father who basically takes care of me. 
and let them out. I said, we're talking about Jesus now, aren't we? The author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith, through whom all things are possible through Christ. We're talking about that Jesus, that God, right? She goes, that's right. And there are people all around the standing. I'm talking as loud as I am right now. And she goes, well, I see you're not going to be timid about this. And I said, no, I'm not going to be timid about it. Why would I be timid about the creator of the universe who has a blood covenant for me that I'm allowed to basically be bold for him? That's the life we need to live, guys. Be bold for Jesus. Pray out loud in public. Really, really important. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Austin, finish it up. It's the, it's the thing that I've always talked about is having your conviction, finding what it is. Do some self-reflection. Find out what your standpoint is on stuff. Whatever it may be. I'm not telling you what it is, what it has to be. It's not my problem. It's yours. Something everybody's got to deal with. But find out what your conviction is. Because a man that lacks conviction, that has no basis, that has no line, he can be easily swayed here and there. It's easy. It's easy to move somebody around. It's easy to use psychological warfare in somebody because there's no premise. There's no conviction. There's just, oh, well, you know, I'll go along with this. Oh, well, I'll go along with that now. Oh, they tell me to do this. I'll do this now. That's, that's basic. That's petty. That's pathetic. That's how peasants live. We're not peasants. We're Americans. We're from all over the world. In fact, in this show, I've got listeners from Australia, from Europe, all over the place. We're human beings made in the image of God Almighty. We're not peasants. We're real. We're here. We're alive. And we have a voice, and we can use it freely at any point we want. So I encourage you, my friends, continue to stay strong. Continue to get the truth out there. Continue to stay healthy as best you possibly can and maintain it with your friends and family. If you guys need anything, you know where to get a hold of us at healthmasters.com. told you earlier, the Testo Plus formula, our testosterone-boosting supplement on sale right now for product of the week, over 10% off right now. Also, too, be sure to check out the Mood Booster Stack that's also on sale right now. This is an incredibly good formula. Got a lot of good results with the B-Complex, the 5-HTP, and the Omega-3. Really helps to boost the mood, maintain energy, and overall sense of well-being. So be sure to check that out, healthmasters.com. Give us a call if you need anything. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.